Welcome to this week's episode of Getting on the Green, your real estate podcast with your host, Craig Merlin. This week's episode, we have kind of a split episode on what our topic is. We have a very interesting guest. Um, we have Alicia Morales-Fernandez. She is she was born in Long Island, New York, and she went to undergrad at Columbia University's women's school, Barnard. Um, so, you know, not, not too uh, light of a school there. Obviously, she's extremely intelligent. She then went uh, to Berkeley Law School in California. Once again, shows her uh, above average intelligence. Um, and so she is now a practicing lawyer, but... She is also the president of an interesting organization that she's going to tell you a little bit more about. So without further ado, welcome, Alicia. Welcome. Uh, we love having you here today. So thank you for coming on. Thank you, Craig, and thank you for having me on the program today. And thank you for all those accolades. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, so tell us a little bit more about yourself who, and who you are. I, as you mentioned, I was born and raised uh, on Long Island in New York. Um, uh, my father was Cuban, uh, which explains why after growing up on the North Shore of Long Island and having um, gone to undergrad in New York, finding myself in law school in California, having had the opportunity to stay out there, return home to New York where most of my family still lives, I ended up in Miami. Uh, back in the 80s at a time when many of my friends said to me, how could you do that? Um, that, was a, that was an interesting time to, to come to this city, but uh, I very much wanted to reunite with my family and they had recently uh, come down, relocated to Miami. My father did that because he wanted to reunite with his parents, my grandparents who had, who had recently uh, come, come from Cuba, uh, did not speak the language, and could not see themselves in, in the cold uh, weather of New York. <laughs> so Miami became my home. And uh, Greenberg was my first place where I, I practiced in the commercial real estate department. So you are a... Very good training there. So you're a, a practicing uh, real estate attorney? I am. I continue to practice real estate uh, law after all these years, yes. With a small stint... Um, as a stay-at-home mom. I became a stay-at-home mom for five years. I uh, am the proud mother of twins, 23 years old. Very nice. I graduated from college. Congratulations. Thank you. So, so tell us a little bit more about uh, kind of what a real estate lawyer does. Although this isn't going to be like the main topic of today, I want to talk more about the organization you're involved with. Um, but I, I do want to touch slightly because I haven't had a guest on yet who is a real estate attorney. So touch, touch quickly on what a real estate attorney does. So as a, a real estate lawyer, and I am a commercial real estate lawyer, meaning that I don't really, uh, as a rule, deal in house closings, but I still, I do deal in uh, dirt, in buildings, uh, buying and selling acquisitions of real estate, of uh, financing. If somebody, uh, you know, if there's a property, be it raw land or building uh, that needs to, uh, a loan, uh, I would be involved in the uh, financing of that. In my case, typically I represent uh, borrowers, although in 
the past in my career in commercial real estate law has been a long one. So there was a time when I represented many lenders uh, in town. Uh, I basically worked in, in most uh, areas, be it um, uh, office, um, hospitality, uh, industrial, retail. I spent many, many years doing a lot of shopping center development. That was a lot of fun. In fact, my favorite area is development. Why development? Because that's an opportunity to get in from the ground and follow it. Uh, you deal with your municipalities, deal with all of the entitlements, then you know you deal with the contractors once the plans are done, the contracts are signed. Uh, you see uh, the bricks go into the ground, you see it come up, then you have a finished product and you either are going to be selling condominiums or you're going to have uh, tenants coming in and have leases for office use or retail use. Um, it, 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 I actually still get excited about it. Well, that's a good thing. I would I would hope that all of us can be excited about the things that we do professionally. Uh, obviously, our hobbies are another story, but professionally, it's always a great thing to be able to do what you like and get an enjoyment out of it. Um, so that's great. I'm actually slightly involved right now in um, a development. It's the first one I'm involved in, and so I'm learning a whole lot. Um, you know, it's I, I met with uh, some city officials, which was definitely an interesting experience for me because I've never done anything like that. And you know, I was kind of, I was more brought along as an educational thing so I can learn and see what goes into this. But wow, de- there's so much more that goes into development than you know the standard person would have assumed. Dealing with even curb cuts and you know the stoplights and things like that, I, I never even would have thought about those things. So. It's definitely an interesting aspect, and certainly having an attorney who's knowledgeable helping you along the way is a, uh, a good way to go about doing such a thing. Uh, necessary, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, yeah, I didn't... No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, if you don't mind my asking, is it a residential development? Is it, is it a mixed use? Where you have com- that's very common. It's, it's, it's going to be mixed use. I don't think I'm allowed to talk too much on okay. where or, or what, but it's definitely a mixed use. It's preliminary, um, and we're just seeing the viability of it. Um, sure. But what you were just saying kind of led me into another question about being a, a commercial real estate attorney even though I don't want to get too much into it. But my question is, what at what point does a potential client come to you and say, I need your services? Is it once they've already purchased a building? Is it when they're looking? Is it when, you know, t- talk to me a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, I don't recommend that you come, that you wait until you've purchased the building because that means you've already signed the contract. And your, you know, your rights, duties, and obligations are set forth in the contract. Uh, beyond that, I share with you that I'm in the commercial real estate department, but we have perhaps uh, the most successful tax appeals department uh, in the state. Uh, for, for and lawyers. can you can you tell me what uh, law firm you're at now? Just uh, I'm sorry for Mandler, Renner, Vogel, Mandler, and Rodriguez. Uh, the firm is uh, more than three decades uh, old. We're in the Miami Center here in downtown. So back to our tax appeals department, when you're going to acquire uh, a piece of property, uh, the tax structure uh, can be very important as to how your property is going to be assessed for real estate tax purposes. So we can be very helpful 
from the, from the inception as to how you want to structure your acquisition. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's great. So, so I strongly recommend you at least have, you know, an initial consult. Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense. You want to protect yourself from the beginning. I just wanted to make it very clear that your service is one that you need early on in uh, kind of the process of purchasing or finding um, viable options for you to invest in. Um, so let's right. shift gears slightly. Um, we're going to go to the main topic of our podcast today, which is your lovely organization called Crew Miami. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about it? <clears throat> So uh, Crew Miami is uh, an organization that has been around for more than 30 years now, and uh, we typically have about 200 members. Uh, in order to be a member of Crew, you must be uh, in some sector of the commercial real estate industry. There's a formal application process. You must have a certain number of years of experience, and you need to have references. We do have um, a... Um, an area for students as well as young professionals that have, have only just recently uh, broken into the commercial real estate industry. But uh, in other words, we preserve crew for sophisticated commercial real estate professionals to have the opportunity to connect and network together. Um, and our primary mission is to advance women within the commercial real estate industry. And how do we do that? We do that by encouraging networking, by providing education. Uh, we have mentorship programs, um, and we, we try to empower our members through developing their leadership skills. Um, and uh, we, in addition, we have a scholarship program that we uh, give to uh, young women, both at the undergrad and graduate levels, provided that they are pursuing a um, real estate uh, degree yeah, of some kind. Okay, so... And, yes. No, keep going, keep going. I'm sorry. I'm going to continue that our Miami chapter is one of 80 chapters uh, <clears throat> across the United States, the UK, and Canada. So it is a worldwide uh, organization. Yeah, we have more than 12,000 members. And through this network, uh, we receive a, a wealth of services in addition to the services that we offer uh, locally. So uh, jointly from Miami with Network, uh, we pursued that mission of transforming the global real estate industry through the advancement of women. Wow, that was quite a synopsis on uh, your organization. So let, let's, let's slightly break it down a little bit. Um, I, I want you to, to take off your president's cap and put on your um, commercial real estate attorney's cap and tell us why is this type of organization important for the real estate world? Don't don't talk to me as the president. Talk to me as you know a a person, a professional in the real estate world. Why why do we need these types of organizations, and what do they bring to us? Well, let me start by saying that you know one of my initiatives uh, this year is to promote greater diver diversity and inclusion, and I believe that the real estate world, commercial real estate world improved by that. And as I said, this 
uh, organization is primarily women and by helping women advance and develop and improve their leadership skills within the commercial real estate industry, this is a, a positive and a benefit to the real estate um, industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it certainly seems like it. Um, so how can somebody get involved? What, what opportunities are there? Um, what can somebody do to either be a member or potentially, I don't know if you take donations or, or you talk about what uh, somebody can do to get involved? So I, I share, uh, we absolutely take donations about <laughs> that and why we take donations. I mean, we are a not-for-profit and uh, so we can only function through our donations. But what do we do with those donations other than to offer the services that we offer uh, to our members? And there is an annual uh, fee to, to be a member. We, as I mentioned, we have our scholarships. We uh, try to give two $5,000 scholarships per year. Uh, and, and this is towards education? Process. I'm sorry? Those scholarships are towards uh, undergraduate education? Yes. As I mentioned before, um, uh, undergraduate or graduate. Or graduate. Okay. Yeah. We, we give one in the spring and we give one in the fall. We just finished giving our spring uh, scholarship. There were 13 applications uh, and we probably would have had more, but this is this is a difficult time. Uh, oh, absolutely. Right now, uh, you know, it was under COVID. But um, again, thir thirteen applications, very competitive. But the uh, recipient was a very uh, worthy uh, candidate, and we were very happy to be able to give her that award. Um, in addition, we do have a charity. Our current charity is the Women's Fund Dade County, which. Um, sort of the opposite, you know, crew is made up of successful, professional, uh, commercial, real estate, uh, primarily women, and the Women's Fund uh, exists primarily to help women in our community that are not so privileged and, and have not had uh, the greatest opportunities. So we do uh, try to give a certain percentage of our uh, funds each year to them. Um, so what type of uh, media or publications or something along those lines do you all have? Um, I know that I read something. I don't remember where it was, but do you all publish any any sort of information or, you know, case well, studies like, or anything along those lines? Like, like, like most uh, um, <clears throat> organizations, we have social media. I mean, we do have a public relations uh organization that um, re represents us and so we have a Facebook account uh, we are on LinkedIn we are on Instagram and we also do uh, collaboratives uh, you know the, the Herald will cover us occasionally um, so we, we do have and of course we have our own website uh, you can always and all of these things will be linked in the in the episode uh, description so everyone can find all these uh, social media, website, uh, and articles and such uh, in the episode description um, below. Um, so what's the future of CREW? What are, what are we seeing? Let's say, give me a one year and let's say, let's go far in advance, a 10 year um, vision of what CREW is and is going to be doing. 
Well, I mean, I, in terms of, um, you know, what I would, my vision for crew is to continue to promote leadership. I really think that that is so important to the advancement of, of women. And um, one of, uh, another one of my initiatives for this year was to start a um, telephonic leadership book club where we have a list of books that help you uh, develop leadership skills and once a month every six weeks and it there's you know you're not it's not mandatory for those um, members who would like to sign up you do have to be a member to participate uh, someone uh, facilitates and we have a conversation uh, about the book some very healthy discussion and there is no doubt in my mind that people walk away with some great pointers um, and having um, honed their leadership skills from from these uh, opportunities. Uh, in addition, Network, our umbrella organization, has an actual leadership certificate program that consists of two, possibly three days. That is once a year. Uh, it's a very limited uh, class. Uh, they bring in experts from MIT and Harvard's Business School. I have participated myself. It's a wonderful, rewarding program. And uh, we, crew does give a scholarship to one of our members, generally in leadership, uh, once a year so that they may attend this. And, and so my focus or my hope for us uh, in the future is to continue to add uh, these types of programs. That's great. Um, and it certainly seems like any organization, no matter how successful they are in any given time, always needs to be looking towards the future and seeing how can we be a market maker or, you know, a game changer a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now to stay relevant and in the you know forefront of people's minds, making that difference that obviously you're making differences. And if you have 12,000 members, that's certainly a large uh, network. So what are some resources that your website or your organization provide for members? Any one of our uh, members can go into the Crew Biz website and either post a position or a question or you know look, look for a job. Uh, it's a wonderful resource. So it truly is like a, a website just full of all sorts of resources, whether it be, you know, looking for a job and networking, this and that, or you have potentially a deal that you're looking for. You can post that as well. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Yes. Any, anything wow. that is related to commercial real estate, whether it's uh, an education issue, you haven't understood something, you want to pick the brain of somebody who maybe understands, understands a little bit about sustainability and affordable housing. Um, so question for you, is there, do you have any sort of like mentorship program or anything like that where, Absolutely. can you, can you tell me a little bit about that? Crew Miami has a mentorship program, uh, where we match up our mentors, which with our mentees, um, you know, typically our mentors have been in the business, have been uh, a little bit more seasoned and mentees tend to be a little younger, but not always, uh, the case. And we also have a mentorship uh, coach who meets periodically with the groups. And it's very successful. I've participated in it myself. 
the committee, when they take applications, actually try to match up the mentors and the mentees. And um, it, it's just great. Uh, you know, you, you, you forge wonderful relationships. And I have found it very gratifying. I really feel like I made a difference in, in the life of my the, the most recent mentee I had. We had so much in common and, and um, it was very positive. I honestly think that uh, having a mentor and programs like that are so invaluable. It's it, it just helps you in leaps and bounds get ahead of where you would be if you were doing it yourself and making your own mistakes. Sure, you want to make your own mistakes and learn from those because those are ingrained yeah. deeper. But having a mentor guide you along, you know, you can just touch base with them, ask them a question real quick. I think that is so valuable. It's it, it's so understated. And what's weird is that in the in the old days, that's how we started to work. You would go get an apprenticeship with somebody and then you would, you know, learn the trade and you'd go from there and you'd go and mentor the, the person under you. And it seems like we kind of forgot that in our, I don't know if it's an education system or whatever it may be, but I'm not going to get back into society. But I think mentorship is amazing. And I think that's such an awesome thing that you guys do. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it be, you know, for pers personal, professional, both uh, work-life balance for, for many of us women, um, very, very effective. That's great. But speaking of network and future, um, what what would you like to see crew be in the future? I guess in a, in addition to the scholarship and um, and networking portals, I guess is it? Are you look? Are you you know trying to add any other core competencies or anything along those lines that you know of? Well, one of the things that I would uh, like to do as well and like to develop more, and I uh, touched on the diversity and inclusion, and a part of that is to, we do have male members, but I would like to see us add more uh, male members. Part of being able to transform, and this is part of our mission statement, part of being able to transform the commercial real estate industry globally is for there to be a better understanding with our male counterparts. And the best way to do that is to bring more males into the fold. Uh, Miami actually um, has one of the greatest percentages of male members of our 80 chapters across the country, but we still don't have that great uh, male uh, representation. So I would like to see that increase. Well, I mean, that's good to know that, I mean, a, that it's, you know, a possibility because I didn't necessarily know that that was even a possibility. I thought it was, you know, a women's organization and sure, that's, you, yeah. that's fine. You, you have no idea how often I hear that, yeah. including from some of my I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that's, you know, my own ignorance or whatever it may be, but, you know, that's definitely one of the questions I was going to ask you is, you know, can males be involved? Is that something... Not only can they be involved, we welcome you. We, we, we have had males on our board of directors. So we, we definitely and uh, absolutely. Well, that's great. That's great to know. And I'm sure the well, listeners would love to, to are, are happy to hear that as well. Welcome men who support the advancement of women within the commercial realist. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so obviously, well, the date is, uh, well, let's just say it's the beginning of June. Um, 
We are going through some tough times. It seems like we just got over the hump of COVID somewhat. And now we have um, the riots and the protests that are going on that are fairly tough. And I mean, they're, I mean, nobody likes to, to see destruction, but this is something that needs to be brought up and needs to be talked about. Um, so how do, how does crew basically, who is an organization that has a goal in mind to, which isn't exactly the same thing as racial issues, but you know, sex issues are, are, you know, not necessarily the same, but they're, you know, just on the same level as, you know, discrimination is discrimination is discrimination. So well, how, how do you guys go about um, letting the organization know and the world know what you stand for, who you are and things like that? Yeah, uh, you're right. It is not specifically about uh, race for us, but on a, um, uh, a greater level, it is about diversity and inclusion, though, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and as I've mentioned several times, our organization is very much about diversity and inclusion. And in light of what we see going on around the country, um, we are more focused on that uh, than ever. And, you know, we are right now as a board discussing we know that diversity and inclusion is very important to us and we're always focused on it. Um, we are wanting to reach out to membership to see what ways we could um, expand on that. Um, and, you know, it's something that is, is very, very much on everyone's uh, radar uh, right now. I mean, I, I, I feel like that's such a tough task being the leader of an organization such as yours because obviously everybody's their own individual everyone has a different opinion so reaching out to your organization whether it be through a survey or whatever it may be and finding out what your organization wants seems like such a simple way to go about finding sure it's not going to make everyone happy but you can get a consensus on what that your people want being done within your organization Right, right. Well, I, I can tell you that um, pretty consistently across the board, our members are very much supportive of diversity and inclusion. What we are grasping with is how to achieve it. I think most organizations are grasping, you know, how do we do this? Exactly. That's the that, question. That is, that is truly the question. About. That's the conversation. How, how do we achieve this diversity inclusion that we all so much want? Well, that that is the question. I uh, I turn to the leaders of great organizations such as yourself to hopefully come up with that answer and with the um, feedback from you know lay lay members like myself and you know hopefully our feedback can you know bring the leaders to the enlightenment that they so clearly or the society so clearly needs. Um, so, and, 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 no, go and, ahead. And to the timeliness of your question uh, and to the connection that we have with Network, we are going to be participating in a workshop. Leadership uh, through Miami is going to be participating in a Network uh, 
workshop to explore uh, that as well, um, which is one of part of the reason that uh, we are we are exploring it locally um, to hopefully all chapters come together um, and share information. Absolutely. We are all faced with the same dilemma. Well, hopefully we can all come together, come up with some sort of solution, uh, because I sure as heck know that I would like to come up with some sort of solution that makes everybody happy and so that we can, you know, live where nobody's in fear and everyone is, you know, happy and successful. Um, absolutely. absolutely. So, we'll be a better nation for it. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, and organizations like yours are helping to lead the way. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're getting, we're getting towards the... Uh, Exactly. You're definitely making in this position for sure. So, um, like I was saying, unfortunately, we're getting towards the end of our time. Um, I like to put my guests on the spot a little bit at the end um, and have you plug something. Is there other than obviously Crew Miami? Um, is there something that you'd like to plug? An organization that you're involved with? Something along those lines? Maybe an event that Crew is having? Um, well, I mean, I would definitely make a plug for our annual fundraiser, which okay. is um, our biggest fundraiser of the year, which is where we are able to raise the bucks to do the good things that we do for these scholarships, to do uh, raise money for the Women's Fund Dade County, for the um, women in, uh, underprivileged women here in our county, and that is what we commonly refer to as Fall Connections. Uh, it is typically held in November. Currently, we are earmarking the 19th of November, which I believe is one Thursday or the third Thursday of November, one week before Thanksgiving. Uh, we've already secured a venue. Uh, the positive is that it's an indoor-outdoor, so if some people are not quite ready to be in an indoor uh, situation, they can be out, uh, outdoors. Um, and I would uh, invite you and the community. This is a community-wide event uh, to join us. And where can we find more information about that? Yes, you can go to crewmiami.org uh, under um, events, and you will be able to register just as soon as we uh, open registration, which is not quite yet, but it, it will be coming soon. These are difficult times in that you know, we're just not quite sure what can be open yet. And I was so impressed to hear you say a moment as we come to the end of COVID from your mouth. It, to it, well, I mean, you see all these people in the streets. It seems like either it's not as bad or, I mean, who knows? I don't want to get into that. But, like, it seems like people are out and not, I don't know if it's not caring as much about COVID as a more important pressing issue. But, Let's hope that no flare-ups come up and let's go from there. Yes, <laughs> hope for the best. Yes absolutely. yes, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. That concludes this week's episode of Getting on the Green with your host, Craig Merlin. I'd like to thank all my listeners. If you haven't listened to prior episodes, please go back, listen, Send me your feedback. My contact information and my guest contact information are in all the information sections in the bios of the actual episodes. Like the episodes, follow, and share with anybody you can think of. Thank you again for being a listener, and I will see you next time on The Green.